Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald. And John McMullen. And here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. Yeah, you got the Mac and Mac guys right here with you on Birds 365, streaming into your homes, your living rooms, your office, wherever you may be catching us in the car, on the phone. We thank you for streaming in. Uh, we got two hours of football talk coming your way. Johnny Mac, good to have you back. I know you were busy over at the Novacare Complex uh, watching the joint practice or 
as much joint practice as they could get uh, get in before somebody had to throw a flag and say, yeah, that's enough. Um, before we break down everything that you saw yesterday, let's cut to the point on two major uh, pieces of information. Number one, did the Eagles win the practice? Oh, God, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things I said, <clears throat> the Cleveland practices were going to be the most important two days of the summer because Cleveland has some talent. Poor Shane Steichen doesn't have much talent. And without uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, who was there, uh, but obviously not participating, um, and a rookie quarterback who has tremendous physical gifts, but he's a long way away, uh, very raw. Um, they got some issues. Defensively, they're okay. They got some players. but um, And if you go back to that Indianapolis game last year, uh, the, the Eagles really struggled with their defense. The Jalen Hurts, that was the game Jalen Hurts had to put him on his back and win the game by himself in the fourth quarter, basically running the football. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have some talent on defense, and Gus Bradley's a good coach, good coordinator, I think. But, uh, yeah, they're they're – not much of a challenge. And, yeah, it wasn't close. It wasn't okay. close. Which which one was more lopsided, Browns practice day two or Colts practice day one? Uh, Colts practice day okay. one. So I mean, they, the Browns, the Browns are, the Browns are, mm-hmm. one of the reasons the Eagles, and they won, won, I put it in quotations, but right. they won day two pretty easily because Miles Garrett didn't practice. I mean, they couldn't block the guy. Uh, and if he was out there, like it wasn't day one, they weren't going to block him in day two. So, I mean, but again, you don't game plan for Miles Garrett in practice. You're going to get, if you're playing the Browns, you're going to spend your entire week figuring out how to uh, slow him down to some point in practice. You say to poor Jordan Mylotta, hey, just go out there and block him. Well, in a game, you're going to have. Goddard chipping them, backs chipping them, everybody chipping them left and right, and you're going to be able to do some different things. You don't do that in practice, which is why I think a lot of people overemphasize certain things. You know, you're just trying to hone down on individual techniques and fundamentals and all that stuff. Right, but it tells you how great a player my my oh, yeah. it is. Oh, it tells you that you yeah. would take an entire week to figure out how the <laughs> hell do we stop this guy? It doesn't happen every week in the NFL. You you have a number one priority, but uh, most priorities don't match up to what <laughs> you have to do to make sure my Garrett doesn't wreck the game on you. All right, so the Colts have no game records. That's well recognized. All right, so Eagles win the the day, win the practice rather handily, as Johnny Mac says. Did the Eagles win the fight? Well, the fight was uh, wasn't really a fight. It was Jason Kelsey sprinting from 30, 40 yards away and pancaking Zaire Franklin. Then everybody sort of raced to the area and started pushing and shoving. I didn't see any noticeable punches uh, or anything of that nature. Just a bunch of, like I said, pushing, shoving. And I, but I, I you know, when you see two NFL teams with 90 players each all gathering in one area. It looks, looks like a melee, uh, uh, but it wasn't really, you remember the Aaron Donald video where he's swinging helmets. Oh, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't like that. And, and Oh, by the way, still hasn't had any repercussions. No, from that. Cause it's practice. No suspensions, <laughs> no fines, no yeah. nothing. Stone cold ridiculous by the NFL. Yeah. 
So it wasn't like that. It was just a bunch of pushing and shoving and then um, slowly settled down. They called off practice. Probably a good idea they called off practice. But it was very chippy. It was leading up to that. The play right before it uh, went to Kenny Gainwell and Zaire Franklin, who was the instigator. Billy Kidd, by the way, great story, good player. Um, he was, you know, he's sort of their energy guy and he's being physical, trying to bully Kenny Gainwell a little bit, um, and on the play before, and then on the play where Kelsey lost it, same thing, Gainwell, Franklin and Kelsey, you know, Kelsey's trying to stick up for his guy and trying to, you know, bully the bully, so to speak, uh, and, and, and even before, I mean, Jalen Carter um, stripped the ball from Anthony Richardson. You're not supposed to do that. Um, Derek Barnett picked it up. Of course, Derek Barnett got in a scuffle um, uh, because he's Derek Barnett. Um, and early in the practice, right away, there was a crossing pattern. Maybe on the first team drill, there was a crossing pattern tj brown right in front of zaire franklin and zaire did something aj didn't like and they were um aj was pissed off about that so it was coming um and it was all it was all zaire franklin driven maybe he was happy too happy to be back in philadelphia well a couple things um you mentioned the fact that he gave gainwell some hard shots the second of which made kelsey crazy and he ran down and just lost his emotions and basically started the melee um i did see people report and only zaire franklin could speak this i didn't see a quote from him after about this i heard what he said about Kelsey, he was surprised that the OG didn't uh, come up to him afterwards and uh, give him a chance to go face to face and go, hey, sorry about that. Hey, yeah, I'm sorry. I had Kenny. Like, they didn't. They were separated and never got a chance to talk. But I saw someone report that they were assuming that maybe Zaire Franklin got a little overzealous because the Eagles ran a gadget play that yeah, Kenny well, Gainwell I... was throwing the football. Yeah. In in a joint practice, there are certain rules to these practice things, and I would guess one of the unwritten rules is yeah, you're not running halfback option pass plays. Now I get it; it was a play that Steichen designed that the Eagles didn't run, and it might have just been an homage from Sirianni to uh, Shane Steichen. But you don't do but that. Not everybody you, knows that. Yeah, it was. It was a playful. Uh, tip of the cap to Shane Steichen. And Jalen Hurts talked about it after he's the one who let us in that it was a Shane Steichen play. Um, and it was a playful, you know, Nick and Shane are very close friends. And, you know, it was more of an homage. But, you know, if you don't let all 90 players in on it, and obviously you can't, they might have let all 90 players in on it, but you can't let the all 90 players on the Colts in on it. So they probably at least some of them took it the way you took it and saying, what the hell are you running a gadget play? And the Eagles aren't a gadget team. You know, I yeah. talked to Shane Steichen about that last year. They don't do anything gadgety. And, and Shane was honest about it and said, you know, we don't have to, why would you buy? Why would you do that? We're good. Yeah. That's, that's for bad teams basically is what he said. Um, so they're not a gadget team to begin with. 
uh, and you know they pull it out. So yeah, I I didn't take it that way, but I could see some of the Colts looking at it that way. So um, as as could I, because they don't know that it's a tip of the cap or my shoes, whatever you want to describe it for between coaches and coaches. They just know, well, wait a minute. I, I, I've been playing scrimmages forever and nobody's ever run that kind of a play during a scrimmage. So I, I could see where the Colts got a little perturbed by that particular play. By the way, it worked. Was the guy. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, Calcaterra was open, made a good catch. So uh, not surprising that it worked. But yeah, that and, led- and we also learned from that that Kenny Gainwell is uh, ambidextrous. He can throw the football with his right hand and his left hand. And he threw it with his left hand. I did not know that. Uh, Chances are the Eagles calling Kenny Gainwell uh, halfback option pass with either rolling right or rolling left this year. Um, I say 10%. Oh, I'm I'm going to say 10%. They might throw throw it out there because they saw success. That's what, uh, it's what breeds, you know, you say, Hey, that worked. That was a good play by Shane. No. By the way, it, now I mentioned this last night, Jody. You keep you keep hearing one name in all of this: Kenny Gainwell, Kenny Gainwell, Kenny Gainwell. Guys, always on the stinking field, especially in the high leverage situations. So, you know, for all the talk about, and again, twenty to twenty, they never practice. You know, first quarter, you get the ball at the twenty-five yard line. Who's going to be out there? Maybe it's somebody different, but. Big situations, it's going to be Kenny Gainwell. We shall see once the game start. Before we get there, we got to get to tomorrow night's game and uh, how the Eagles are going to deploy their players there. Uh, but I still got some more questions for you for yesterday's practice, uh, at least where everybody's reporting it. Devontae Smith put on a show yesterday. Yeah, uh, to the detriment of poor Daryl Baker. Um, yeah, that's, that's the thing, you know, I see it on the Eagles side. I was talking about it with AJ and James Bradbury, you know, AJ had a day on Sunday, I guess it was just a phenomenal day of practice, but you know what? Bradbury was in his hip every step of the way. It's just making great catches. That was the case here. You know, he, he went up, there were back to back plays, basically a go route where he just mossed him, Daryl Baker. Daryl Baker was right there, and Devontae just went up. And, you know, he's got this weird – I talk about it all the time. He's got this weird frame. He's 170 pounds, but he's long, and he's got these giant hands, and he just snatches the football out of the air. Um, And he bobbled a little bit coming down, was able to bring it in. And on the very next play – Baker just got beat deep and, and, you know, was um, a drill where they weren't just rolling it back. So they had the ball like the eight yard line or whatever. Um, And, you know, he played off a little bit and and him and Jalen Hurts just went back shoulder um, and it was perfect throw from Jalen Hurts. That, by the way, is the most impressive part of Jalen Hurts' development. He's, He's been dominant with those back shoulder throws. And it's not just usually it's the AJ, but it's not just the AJ. He's just got a knack for, you know, putting the ball on. And you're going to see it in New York with your Jets, North Jersey, because nobody's ever been better with a back shoulder than than Aaron Rodgers. 
But Jalen, man, when you when you make that throw, there's nothing you can do as a defensive back. Nothing. No, no, that it's different on every single play, depending on where the defender is, how close the coverage is, or whatever. Just generally speaking, I always think back shoulder throws are more generated by the receiver than the quarterback. The quarterback's throwing it to a specific spot, and yes, he's trying to get it to a guy and reading exactly the way he's going to run the route and turn and spin and contort his body. I always thought that the receiver, you can't make a good back shoulder throw if you don't have a receiver that you trust and a guy who can physically make the play. That that, that The receiver doesn't get enough credit on a back shoulder throw. Oh, great back shoulder throw by the quarterback. Receiver's got to make the play on a back shoulder throw, which isn't always easy. That's, well, I mean, they're part of it. I agree with you there because you have to trust the receiver. You always have to trust receivers. That's, you know, coaches tell me all the time that, you know, the one thing you can't do as a receiver is fool the quarterback. You can't fool the quarterback. You got to be where you're supposed to be. But back shoulder is all about accuracy. So if you're not accurate as a thrower, um, you know, you're you're six inches inside versus – uh, well, in this case, you're six inches outside and instead of inside. You know, it's a it's a PBU. You're you're a foot inside. You're given you're given a, a good cornerback a chance to take it back the other way. Right. Uh, well, interception for, more at risk yeah. than any. And there's leading them throw. And there's a lot of inaccurate quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, and there's some very accurate quarterbacks and it starts with um as i said it starts with aaron and then it goes down but um jalen's gotten really good at it really good at it all right so they have this melee skirmish call it what you want and coaches pretty quickly decide yeah that's enough let's call this bad boy because there wasn't that much time left to what they had planned on practicing so it ends a little bit early and the quarterback got ticked. He wasn't done. He wanted to finish out. He knew full well, this is it for me. You're not seeing me until again till I jog out on the field up in Foxborough. So he was a little under uh, appreciative of the fact that they called out, called off the rest of the practice. And that's basically Jalen Hurts. He always wants to play. He always wants to practice. He's always driven. He's always motivated. He's always laser focused. And that came out again yesterday. He get over that pretty easily. Yeah, I think so. It was 10, 15 minutes. They might have had one more period um, with the with the first team, um, and that would have been it anyway. So it happened late in practice. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I knew they were going to call it as soon as it happened. I mean, that's the way the NFL is going. Anything happens, they're just going to shut these things down, whether it's games or, or joint practices. But um, yeah, I don't think it's going to matter one way or the other, but you know, Jalen is very focused. He's also very, uh, very, he he's become very media uh, savvy. So he knows what to say and he's not going to say, you know, who cares? He's going to say, oh, everything matters. You know, he's very on point when it comes to that. All right. So they call practice off. You got to analyze the, and I'm going to hit you on uh, a whole bunch of different positions, but start where it all starts in the NFL quarterback. 
what were the breakout reps for the quarterbacks yesterday in practice? Uh, it was all Hurts and Mariota. No, no reps for anybody else. It's just in these joint practices, it's uh, it's first, first and second team. That's pretty much it. Um, uh, so, you know, that's why the Eagles value them so much. That's where the the key players get all the work, and the the game is for the for the other guys. Um, and you know, that's a disservice for the fans. We've talked about that, but it is what it is at this point. What it would be interesting to me is, you know, you, you have to jointly negotiate these joint practices. So it's not like the NFL is decreeing you have to have joint practices. These are between the teams and the organizations. Right. There might be some year that you don't, the team says we don't want to do it for whatever reason. Maybe that too many injuries you've seen around the league with guys canceling for different reasons. Um, and it would have been interesting to me if the Eagles didn't have these joint practices, how they would have handled the preseason games. It probably would have been different, but when they have these joint practices, that's how they're going to handle it. You're, you're, you're not going to see the key players in the third teamers. They don't get any work at these things, Jody, except individual and, um, you know, some of that stuff. And occasionally they have a developmental period at the end. Obviously, that didn't happen because they canceled it. So um, I saw it reported that uh, earlier this week, five teams in the NFL had no joint practices. 27 out of 32 had at least one. Uh, and the Eagles had uh, three versus two teams. They might have done more than anybody else. Um and that, uh, but you're, you're right. You have to agree to all the terms at a time with the team that you practice and the NFL doesn't schedule it. Uh, that's up to the individual teams when they match up. Um, how'd Mariota play with his second team reps? He was okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think he's a great quarterback at this stage. Um, I, yeah, but he wasn't abysmal. Um, He's clear for anybody thinking there's a competition. There's not. Um, He's their backup quarterback. And as I said, you know, cross those fingers uh, because you probably don't want to see him. Um, He's still got a lot of juice as an RPO, as a runner, still can run the football really well. But I was just talking about accuracy. He's not accurate. He's not an accurate thrower. Never has been. Um, and it hasn't gotten better. Um, so, you know, if he has to play, I think you're going to see this team even go more RPO heavy um, than they are with Jalen Hurts because I don't think he has the accuracy to throw the ball consistently. Um, should the Eagles be at least evaluating the situation or just throw your hands up and go, we made the decision. It is what it is. We got to stick with it. We got to live or die by it. Do you think that's going to be the team's attitude? I I don't think they would die by it. I think if he had to play and and played poorly, they would address it at that point and say, "All right, let's take a look at the kid who's done some." I I in other words, I you know, if the worst happens and fans are going to get upset, just bringing it up. But Jalen gets hurt early in the season, 
and you have to play Marcus Mariota, I don't think that automatically gives him 13, 14 games. If he starts to uh, perform poorly, yeah, I, I don't think they would just default to him and say, oh, Tanner McKee's not ready. I think if the one thing Brock Purdy proved, and I know he proved it to you, but he should have proved it to the rest of the league is, all right, don't pigeonhole people because of where they're picked or whatever. Exactly. Maybe maybe they can play. The NFL gets it wrong. The Eagles should know that from T.J. Edwards in recent years. They should know it from Reed Blankenship now. Sometimes the NFL misses these guys or misses mm-hmm. their evaluation. Um, so I don't think they would say – I think it's over from the perspective of week one – Marcus Mariota is the backup quarterback. And if something happens, he's the backup quarterback. But if he performs poorly, yeah, I, I think just like Atlanta last year when he was the starter, I think eventually they would hook him. Agreed. So that gets us to tomorrow night. Knowing that, going into the season, knowing that, how do you handle those quarterback reps in the final preseason game? Um, I think it's going to be an all McKee book game. Um, Ma- Mariota doesn't play at all. I would think he wouldn't play at all. Um, I I I thought he might not play in the second game, and he played quite a bit. Um, I would I would imagine if he does play, it would be you know two series and then out, and then Tanner McKee, and then you finish up with Ian Book. Um, but I, I don't see any reason why you can't give Tanner one half and maybe even let him come out in the third quarter and then, yeah, be in book, finish the game. I mean, that's what these guys are here for. That's why they changed the rule. That's why you don't have no cut down. It's 90 to 53, one fell swoop. You have all 90 players for this final preseason game. Well, everybody that's healthy. Um, that's one of the reasons why. No, the Colts are uh, in a completely different situation than the Eagles. Jalen Hurts was the runner-up for the MVP. Last year, the Colts' starting quarterback was throwing incomplete passes at the University of Florida. So you can't count the two. But the Colts are going to start Richardson tonight, give him some more action, understandable, because he's just got to work with some of his guys. Uh, Does that mean they're going to be playing their one-wide receivers and their first offensive line? Uh, you won't know till they get out there on the field on Thursday. Did anybody talk about Shane or anybody talk about that no. after the SA joint? Nobody was worried about the game after the big fight. Um, um, but uh, to me, I mean, if you're going to play your starting quarterback, you got to play your starting players. What 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 good does it throw it out? What are you getting out of it? Yeah. Just him to be out there with the backups? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's a, that's going to make him look worse. You know, not having at least he's developed some kind of chemistry with the, and obviously the better players. The second part is, you know, offensive line wise, you don't want the backup offensive line out there with the starting quarterback. That makes zero sense. Um, So yeah, if you're going to play him, you got to play the starters. Um, And that's, yeah, as you mentioned, that's a completely different situation. Um, It's a rookie quarterback who needs as many reps as possible versus, you know, put him in bubble wrap type thing. Like I'm stunned the Jets are playing Aaron Rodgers. I I can't even fathom that guy hasn't played yeah, a preseason he's game. He sat for. They played four games. 
So he's yeah, already sat for three. So they just want to get him out there with yeah. a couple of his guys. My guess is there's no way he sees the second quarter. So he's going to play yeah. uh, two possessions. You tops. can tell he's motivated. Normally he would shut that down. Um, you can tell he's moved. So that's another good sign for the Jets. He's very motivated to prove Green Bay wrong and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I still wouldn't play him. I mean, I, I but that's me. Um, there's a lot of ways you can go about it. A lot of guys are different, and he's still old school. Uh, it's working for him, the old school method. Right. Um, Mahomes, Mahomes threw 15 passes yeah. on Saturday. And, 15 yeah, so. not like uh, go out throw three passes and and, and, and by the, the way i i still get the feeling if it were up to nick sirianni it would be different and i and i say that because every once in a while nick will say when he's talking about injuries you know he'll he'll say it's football i mean guys are going to get hurt i mean that's part of it you got to go out there and play so i think if he had more power it would probably be a little bit different but we are where we are. Well, I do want to ask you about uh, the coach's opinion on one of his players when he comes back. And you can't just go, it's football, uh, with the guy I'm going to ask you about once it's again. football, Jody. Okay. You, I, I'm daring you to say that when I ask you about Derek Barnett when we come back next segment. Uh, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Mac and Mac. I believe this is the case. Now, we got some loyal guys who stream in here every single, single day, and we appreciate you greatly. We're assuming you're the three guys with the like button all the time. Uh, you go, come on, show a little love to Mac and Mac. Feel free to hit that like button. There's um, a lot of people who hit the like button on YouTube, but we can't see it during the during the show. You you're sure of that? I'm not sure of that. Anyway, uh, so if you do want to, you can hit the like button. Um I don't believe this has ever happened. Johnny Mac, today is show number 593. Um, I don't know we've ever had anybody tap out right before the show starts. Uh, my buddy, our buddy, Brandon Lee Gowton, uh, was uh, scheduled to join us, scheduled to be on the air already by now. And he's under the weather, and he sent me a very early text apologizing and uh, begging off. I don't know that we've ever had anybody do it morning of. Night before, yeah. Sorry, I overscheduled. I'm sick as a dog. Well, I, hey, we had Mike Gill, but Mike Gill told me he was on vacation, uh, you know, yesterday afternoon. So, you know, even that. So, we got technically... We got uh, tapped, tapped out, out on twice. On twice. Uh, yeah, because I was it... like, I was like torn asunder by Mike Gill's late uh, vacation plans. Okay, uh, and uh, BLG, I asked him. He said he'd hop on, and then unfortunately came up under the weather today. Um, maybe that'll be fitting that we bring up uh, uh, the player that I'm going to bring up, who I think should be tapped out of the Eagle organization before the season starts. We'll see if John thinks that's going to be the case. Uh, but yeah, a little bit more of Mac and Mac today. Hour number two, we're going to get our guy Martin Frank up, which by the way, um, hopefully I had never, yeah, yeah. Maybe Martin taps out in the next am I, power. Am I putting the cart before the horse yeah. here by uh, promoting Martin Frank? Um, you told me you saw Brad Spielberger yesterday at the uh, Eagles practice. Yeah, and I, call I, never him, met... I call him the rangy Brad Spielberger now. He's like right. a long I've, corner. I've never met him. I've had we've had him on the air. He does a great job whenever he comes on. Was a very good writer. Uh, but I've never met him. And you said big guy, surprisingly big, rangy. If that's the term you want to use to describe tall, him. tall guy, yeah, tall, very and thin. I said tall, thin. He's a corner body. I said, is he as tall as BLG? And your response was, 
No, nobody's just nobody's just tall. You, you got to go to the NBA to get somebody taller. <laughs> so our our bigs not with us today. Somehow we'll get through. How tall is Martin Frank? Uh, Martin's uh, he's a little bit taller than me, I think. So he's got to be six foot six one. I'm five eleven ish. He's got to be six foot six one. I would say. I okay. think. So we'll uh, uh, squeeze Martin Frank in today if he doesn't tap out between now and 920. We're going to tap out for a quick timeout. Come back. Uh, I still got things from yesterday's practice and looking ahead to the Thursday game. Um, the Jalen Hurts Sports Illustrated curse. I got to ask Mr. Sports Illustrated about that here today. So we got a lot yet to do. Keep it right here on Birds 365. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles We got Mac and Mac here John McMullen, Jody McDonald Hanging with you on Birds 365 Mark, Mark Frank couldn't join us 
a little later in the show, getting the recap from John yesterday, who was at uh, the Eagles joint practice. Last time you're going to see the starters before New England, when game one rolls around, uh, don't expect any. And when I say any, I mean any of the Eagle starters to play in the game against the Colts tomorrow night. Sorry, that's just the way not only works in the NFL, but specifically with the Philadelphia Eagles. Because John and I have thought Colts are going to play probably their starters because they've decided that Anthony Richardson needs some more snaps. So we're assuming that means they're going to keep the first team offensive line in there, probably the top wide receivers. So the Eagles are going to be going with their backups against the Colts ones. If you're thinking about betting at all, I'd still bet the Eagles because the Colts are just that bad. As John told the Shane Steichen's got his work cut out for him. They're just not a very good team this year. Um, but uh, getting done what the Eagles needed to get done in practice yesterday. Some guys still fighting for roster spots. And we're going to talk about this uh, heavily on Friday and Monday. Tuesday's cut down day, right? Uh, yes. Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. Uh, a week from yesterday, I believe. Yes, we're on Wednesday, correct? <laughs> right, which everybody is. Uh, th- there's a time where you got to get all your cuts in by. I don't know what it is. is it four o'clock. One, two, four o'clock yeah. on Tuesday. All right. So then there is this massive movement. It's like the earth moving in the National Football League where just hundreds of guys who were employed the day before are no longer employed and they're available for any team who wants to claim them. There's a whole waiver process. We'll go through all of that uh, when we get closer to Tuesday. But the Eagles still have some jobs up for grabs, Johnny Mac, and this roster is not 100% set. And I'll ask you this again. Can I jump in before we get – I know we're going to get to this, Jody, but I just don't – I don't want everybody to lose their – uh, mortgage payment because of me. I would not bet on the Eagles in this game because my theory on preseason football, which I've said to you, is the team usually with the best third quarterback wins. Um, and I think, you know, Sam Ellinger is a pretty good third quarterback in this league. Uh, and I think Gardner Minshew is a better backup. So I wouldn't necessarily say the Colts are going to win this game. But they're going to be a bad football team. For those who like to bet on preseason football, which I would not recommend, by the way. But anyway, sorry. And as crazy as this sounds, I watched a lot of the Colts-Bears game last week because it just happened to be on national TV because I happen to have a national show coming up. So I did watch a bunch of it. And yeah, Ellinger played okay. Yeah, I'd still bet the Eagles if I were you. But that's just (laughs) me. Yeah, John doesn't want any part of it. I will put the same caveat out there. You shouldn't be betting preseason games. It's foolish. Bet NFL futures about who's going to win divisions and yardage and stuff like that. That is, if you have to have action, that is what I would suggest. But if you're just the kind of guy who has to have action on a game, if you're going to sit down and watch it, yeah, I'd still bet the Eagles because the Colts are not going to be a good football team this year. But I'm just saying, um, if the Colts win on Thursday night, I can almost guarantee you it will be because Derek Barnett takes an uncalled for penalty. <laughs> um, he did it again yesterday in practice. He just blatantly dismisses the rules of either actual calls you can't make and or etiquette in uh, practices. He smacked the quarterback's arm down yesterday, which you just don't do. You know there's a no-touch zone to the quarterback, specifically a rookie guy. Uh, who's going to be the cult starter who was out there yesterday. Is he trying to get himself cut or can he just not control himself? 
Uh, I think he just can't control himself at this point, and he's not getting cut. You know, it's interesting because you teased this before the break. So really quickly, uh, Jeremiah Wasburn, uh, who's his position coach, uh, spoke yesterday just coincidentally, um, and he was raving about Derek Barnett. Like this, this organization, this team thinks way more of him as a football player than the fan base does. Um, you're not going anywhere, especially with the injury concerns with Nolan Smith now. Um, they think Hassan Reddick's going to be back week one, so they're not as concerned there. But, you know, minor surgery, you know, it's only minor to those who don't have it. You never yeah, know sure. what's going to happen. Um, yeah, we talked about the insurance aspect of it. And now it's, you know, they got three. Kyron Johnson's not there uh, because he had an appendectomy. So, you know, they're really down on on edge rushers right now. Um, and they have tremendous depth. They're still, you know, they still throw out Brandon Graham and 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 Josh Sweat and 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 Derek Barnett, and it's pretty good. Um they love him. But, yeah, he's not disciplined. I mean, that's where I'll agree with you. He's not disciplined. You can't keep doing this stuff. Right. Um, and if, if a rookie does this, you understand he's not. A second-year player, you go, uh, come on, you got to start growing up here a little bit. Third-year player, you should be, like, threatening the guy's job. This is Derek Barnett's sixth year in the NFL, and he's still doing these things, making these foolish mistakes. And, and, and by the way, I'll, I'll give you the perfect example. It's Jason Kelsey. Like, Jason does what he does, right, which he shouldn't have done. Um, and he comes out. He wasn't scheduled to talk. And he comes out, and he does, a, a, a you know, over a 10-minute press conference, you know, saying he made a mistake. He can't do that. Held it, holding himself accountable. Um you know, Derek Barnett's not as high profile, but you're not going to see him doing crap like that ever. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not disciplined. He's not a disciplined football player. And I I think it was overblown to a great degree. I, I like to put the context on everything. People say he gets a penalty every game. He doesn't. You can look that up easily. Um, but he gets way too many. Um, and... I think that criticism is fair to point out. He gets way too many, and he's a veteran player, as you point out. It would have changed by now if he learned from the mistakes. He's not learning from the mistakes, um, but the Eagles seem willing to put up with it. Who who do you think has a better chance? Take them both off the Eagles, put them on another team, um, new scheme, whatever else. Who do you think would have a better chance to have a more productive year? Janarius Robinson or Derek Barnett on another team? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not close as players. Derek Barnett's a much better player. I mean, Janarius Robinson is, like I said, if you if you were writing a Hollywood script, Jody, and they said, hey, it's a football movie, I need an edge rusher, you're going to cast Janarius Robinson. He looks like an edge rusher. He's He's physically impressive. He's basically the Tyree Jackson of the defense. But I mean, technique wise and all that stuff, it's not, it's not even, it's not even in the in the same ballpark. Um 
and remember, he was drafted. You know, he was in Minnesota before he got here. He didn't do anything there. That that team has a reputation, at least before, you know, Ed Donatel got there, of really developing good defensive linemen for years, for decades, really, going back to the Purple People Eaters. Um, and and they didn't – they did he, he never got off the ground there. So I think a lot of people are impressed by his physical stature, and they should be because he just looks the part. But, yeah, Derek's a much, much okay. better player. Yeah, we'll see about that. If, if the Eagles don't keep Robinson, I bet you another team picks him up. You're right, Minnesota let him slip through their fingers, and the Eagles have now, if they let him go to, he's the kind of guy who's going to get a uh, job somewhere else. Mark my words. Um, all right, so the guy who's going to make the decision more than anybody else, and I know it'll be a collective decision, but uh, Howie Roseman is the, the main decider of this roster and who stays and who goes. Uh, and he's going to be the guy who's going to formulate the 53 when they get to it. Um, I had Andrew DiCecco on uh, WIP with me uh, Monday night, and I asked him this question. He had a intriguing answer. I want to see if yours matches up with him. If Howie Roseman is going to make a trade before Tuesday, not Tuesday, not roster claiming off another squad's roster, the Eagles are going to cut and they're going to get down to 53, but that doesn't mean that's the 53 who will be there when you get to New England the following Sunday. There's moves after cut down. You cut somebody because you pick up someone who gets cut by somebody else. There's massive moving. It's it's days after the actual 4 o'clock deadline. But if Howie Roseman does what he did last year and makes a trade prior to the cutdowns, and that's what he did but when he acquired uh, his starting safety, we all worried about We all thought that something could happen, and damn if it didn't happen, and uh, they get their starting safety via trade prior to cutdown. If he's got a trade in him, which means giving up a draft pick, you got to give up something to get something. If you tell me they're going to include Derek Barnett in a trade and the other team's going to look at it as a plus, I'm going to laugh at you. But if Howie Roseman's going to do a trade, what position do you think he's going to be willing to give something up to get a better level player than someone who's going to hit the waiver wire on Tuesday? <sighs> probably, uh, probably the defensive fronts because they're so deep. Um both I'm not talking about who they'll give up. I'm talking oh. about what they're trying to acquire. Oh, what, what position what, what? they're going to target because they think they need an upgrade at that position as of right now, and they'd be willing to give up an asset, probably draft pick, to get that player and upgrade that position. I still think linebacker. Um, I still think linebacker is the most logical one. Um and then from there, believe it or not, I think it might be backup offensive line. Um, I don't think they're, you know, somebody asked me on a different show, like besides the obvious linebacker safety, um, uncertainty of running back, uh, what's what's your biggest issue with the Eagles? What could derail the season? And I said, multiple injuries on the offensive line. I've already seen it at the end of the Doug Peterson era. Um, you know, if the wrong two go down on that offensive line, and all of a sudden we've already seen it a little bit in training camp. Landon Dickerson got spiked, had to sit out. 
uh, for a little bit. Um, Sue L. Pett is in there. Uh, Josh Sills is in there. Um, You've seen multiple times the difference between this team when Lane Johnson's on the field when he's off the field. Um, If Jordan Mailata goes down, um, obviously Jason Kelsey and everybody says, well, he's played 100 and – well, the, the averages are coming around. He's played a, you know, he's he's in that Zach Ertz camp. And he's always injured, but he always plays through it. Um, yeah, they're they're not nearly as deep as they, they once were on the offensive line. And I think Jack Driscoll's a good backup. Um, Tyler Steen's got potential, but they're not nearly as deep as they once were. Uh, along the offense line, I'll give you the uh, Andrew, answer that Andrew gave me, which I thought was interesting. Um, can Josh Sills make this team? Oh, uh, yeah. They they like him. But I would say, have, you know. Have, have, have they been watching him play? Now, I'm not Jeff Stoutland, and I'm not going well, to begin to tell you that I can evaluate that's offensive linemen as well as Jeff Stoutland can. But I think I know a little bit, and I think Josh Sills has not been not good. Just flat yeah. out bad. And yeah, he, he has carry been. a guy just because he opened your eyes the last training camp. That's now a lifetime ago. If you're talking about last training camp, John, there's a lot that's gone down between then and now. And they're going to keep him just because he somehow caught the eye of well, Outland 13 months ago. And here's here's the thing. If you if you would told me that the, the week he came back you know, they just threw him right in there. And I said, wow, they really like Josh Sills. Um, and then he played and it's gotten worse. So if you would have told me those first two days, of practice, I said, well, Josh is going to make the team. They don't, I, that I, they have those issues that I just said, backup offensive line. He's going to make the team, which stunned me because I didn't think I'd ever see him again, to be honest. Um, and uh, now that he's played, it's clearly he's not ready to play. Um, now, is that because of the inactivity? They might think that. That's why I say he's got a chance. If it wasn't, if he was here the whole time, I'd just say, well, he's not playing well. Um, you know, he, he's the one who got beat on the safety. I mean, that was a just terrible job, uh, letting somebody get around the backside in that situation uh, in the preseason game. Uh, yeah, he hasn't played well, but you know, who are you going to keep? Suo Petter, Josh Sills. That's probably what it's going to come down to. Um, Suo Petter is not untouchable uh, by any stretch. They already cut him last year and they got him on the practice squad. So, um, yeah, he's got a chance. I think that was the question. I'm not saying he's going to make the team. And then Dennis Kelly, when he got here, I said, well, Dennis Kelly's going to be, Dennis Kelly's done nothing. I don't think he's going to make the team. Um, they're not good with the backups on the offensive line. I I agree with it. And part of that for me is Josh Sells. And I, I don't know what the guy, uh, what they saw him last year in practice is they got a better look than I do. All I know is he was embarrassing the other night in a preseason game. He's probably going to play a lot again because he needs reps. Because, right, he was out of it because of his suspension as long as it was. So he desperately needs to play if you want to get a true, fair evaluation. 
but sometimes it's not true or fair that you got to make an evaluation on the fly. And that's probably what they have to do here with stills. Uh, one other uh, guy I want to ask you about. Jack Driscoll done anything to open your eyes this preseason? I know we all factored him in as a good swing guy and has experience and held up his end of the bargain. No, you know it's a drop-off from a all-pro offensive lineman the Eagles have, but so you factor that in in your evaluation, and his drop-off wasn't all that bad. But he hadn't really done a whole hell of a lot to make you say, all right, if he goes down, this won't be a big drop-off so far this year in camp for me. Has he for you? Um, no, but he's not done anything to close my eyes and go, oof, oof, where, where's other offensive okay. linemen have. So he, to me, he's just, he's just an average NFL offensive lineman and that's fine for a backup. And, you know, if he's got to play a short stint, he's fine. The more he plays, the more it's going to be an issue. Um, especially if it's left tackle, um, because he's more natural on the right side. But, you know, I also point out, you're, you're not, if you lose Lane Johnson, you're not replacing him with a great player. I mean, there, there's no way to replace Lane Johnson. There's right. no way to p- replace Jason Kelsey. Like they had Andre Dillard last year. Maybe the best backup left tackle in football, as evidenced by his $10 million contract. But if he had to play extensive playing time, he wasn't going to be as good as Jordan Mailata. If he had to play right tackle, he wasn't going to be as good as Lane Johnson. It's just better than everybody else. You never want to lose play. When you lose players who are all pros, you got it. You you know it's built in. You're not going to be as good. Right. It's built in. But you're hoping to be Jack Driscoll-ish where you can hold your own. All right, two things uh, before we get to the top of the hour. Number one, um, what Andrew DiCicco said with me last night, last night, the night before on WIP, which I thought was interesting if Howie's going to make a trade. He very specifically said he thinks what Howie will covet and target <laughs> is a cover safety. That they've got the group that they have now and they're auditioning everyone still to see who gets the... Did you hear uh, our Nick. did you hear, hear our back and forth yesterday, Jody? Me and Nick Sirianni about safeties. No. Yeah, it's good stuff. You should go back and listen. Well, that, what intrigued you about that before I get to Andrew's point? The back well, and forth I, 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 I raised Nick's ire a little bit. I because I said what I said on the show, basically. It's like I told him it's late August. Uh, and we're I said we were talking to Sean, Sean decided the other day. And he said, this is the plan. I said, it's late August. Um, shouldn't shouldn't things be whittling down by this point and start, instead of expanding, essentially, with Justin Evans? Andrew's right. That's why Justin Evans is in the mix. He's a coverage safety. Um, that's what they want. Um, and he did not like that uh, phrase and, and looked at Bob Lang, the Eagles PR guy, and said, how many days we got to week one? And Bob said 22 days and Nick said, yep, we got 22 days. So basically, uh, look, the very existence of Reed Blankenship proves they're full of, you know what, because we're told can, can I stop and ask a question? Sure. This was yesterday. Yeah. The opening game is the 10th. 
Yeah. Yesterday was the twenty second. Yeah. I can do the math there. That's nineteen, John. Well, where are they coming up with twenty two? Ah, who knows? They're nine days and nineteen. Yeah, they. I I didn't say they were great at math, but that's you know that's. Uh, I you... I sure as hell would have objected if you're if you're calling my question on the carpet and you're throwing specific number in my face as to how many days you still got to go. You better get the damn number right. Um. Yeah. Well, that part doesn't matter. But uh, the 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 larger point is there. You know, the existence of Reed Blankenship. You know, nobody knew Reed. Reed's entrenched now. Oh, yeah. All right. Reed's entrenched now because he's been so solid at camp. So you can't have one literally at the same position and say you're going to Justin Evans on day 13 of camp. Day 13. Of open practice, by the way, that doesn't even count all the walkthroughs and all that stuff. And you still have no firm grasp on that position. That is not a positive, Jody McDonald. That is not, no matter how you spin it, that is not a positive. Now, I don't know Martin Frank's going to be on in the second hour. He's a big Sidney Brown guy. You know, if you're a conspiracy theorist and saying, Oh, they're just hiding Sidney Brown so Bill Belichick doesn't know he's going to show up in week one. Well, if they think that way, they're nuts, number one. But, like, Bill Belichick's going to care if Sidney Brown, rookie third-round pick, is playing safety for the Philadelphia Eagles. He'll probably take advantage of it, if anything. Um, And they don't throw the football. But, nonetheless, you get my point. I mean, I always go back to last year's draft. Kyle Hamilton – you and I both loved him. Great player. Yep. I think he's going to be a great player. Kind of set him aside. Um, and then it was Lewis Seen and Dax Hill as the first-round safeties. They didn't play at all, those two. Now, Seen oh, got hurt, and people I was say, say... No, Seen actually played, and he didn't play well. No, he didn't and play. And then he got Joey. hurt on top of it. No, he, he played on special. He had one defensive snap. And he got it, 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 it. He didn't play at all. Their safeties well, maybe, were maybe Harrison in a preseason because no. I remember reading about. No. And I had a preview guy on to talk about. It. He said, "No disappointments didn't play at all." But that's why it was a disappointment. Cam Bynum was their Marcus Epps. He played like a hundred percent of the snaps. And Harrison Smith got banged up a couple times. He had a game, but he played a hundred percent when he was out there. And then their third safety is a kid from Michigan named Josh Metellus. He wasn't even – he was their fourth safety, um, and he was and he got hurt on special teams. He didn't play at all. And then Dax Hill at least had the excuse of being behind a really good safety in Cincinnati, uh, Bates, who they have now lost. So maybe he's got something. But I don't know. My point is neither of them even played. And, and people are saying, oh, third-round pick? Yeah, no problem. I mean, there's going to be problems. Um, I've advocated get it over with early in the season because that's the soft part of your schedule. But you talked about Derek Barnett. I, I'm not calling him Derek Barnett-like, but he's raw. Um, and he goes 100 miles an hour. He's like Chip Kelly is a player. Like, he's got no filter. Um, and people will take advantage of that. Um, 
you know, with double moves and things like that. Um, so he's raw. I get why the Eagles are, 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 you know, have some concern. But my, it doesn't. None of this matters because whether it's Terrell Edmonds or or Justin Edmonds or Kayvon Wallace or Sidney Brown, wouldn't you want to make a decision by this point and get Reed Blankenship and whomever as many reps as possible? And maybe they do. Now that reporters aren't there, maybe they do it and say, ah, competitive advantage. But I don't think it's a good situation at all. And that's why I was intrigued by what uh, DeCecco told me. Very specific, a cover safety. Not a safety, a cover safety, because they like the other safeties and what they bring to the table. Like you say, Brown, tremendous speed and aggressiveness and the like, and uh, the fact that Edmonds is probably a good tackler, and when they go to big nickel, that he'll be the extra guy in the field when the other linebacker comes off the field. They've got some guys who do some things that they like, but specifically in coverage, they might not like any of them. So that might be an area that they uh, reach out for. Uh, come trade time, if Howie does anything over the next couple of days after this uh, last preseason game. All right, uh, we got Martin Franks going to join us coming up in about uh, 10 or 15 minutes. So let's get another timeout in here. Come back, cut a couple more things I want to run by John before Martin Frank joins us. The countdown is on, not to the preseason game against the Colts. And don't bet the game, all right? You need me to say it on the record, don't bet the game. Don't be foolish betting preseason game. I thought about betting the Ravens the other night, and I stopped. Oh, they screwed it, man. How about that? Yeah. Stopping the streak. Sam Cosme predicted. That's like Joe Namath. He predicted it. Did you you see the awkwardness of the owner of the Commanders? Yeah. First in the broadcast booth, and then the attempted high five at the end of the game when they actually pulled it out. Josh Harris, if there is a billionaire on this planet who has no swag whatsoever, it's Jonathan Harris. He's got zero. He's got a whole lot of money. Gosh. He's a phenomenal businessman. No swear. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach something to the youth of the world. I'd rather I'd rather be Josh Harris with no swag than have swag and not Josh and, Harris. And not money. Josh Harris's money. Yeah. I I agree with you, McMullen. He's Johnny Mac. I'm Jody Mac. You got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. in southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Appreciate you streaming in here with Mac and Mac on Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald hanging with you. Uh, our buddy Martin Frank uh, is going to join us coming up in less than 15 minutes from now. Um, two things I want to touch on with you, down before we get Martin up here. Number one is the game tomorrow night against the Colts. The Colts are using it in a different way than the Eagles are. They get more reps for their first team, specifically their rookie quarterback. The Eagles are putting all their key players in bubble wrap on the sidelines and they will not be playing. So there are still some jobs to be won or lost. They're of course the original 53 man roster, but then 
and then juggling thereafter, and then the practice squad. Uh, and uh, the Eagles will fill out their practice squad as they think best fits their needs going forward for not only this year, but future as well. The wide receiver position. If we know who the two stars are, Quez is finally, Quez move around yesterday, took part in a couple reps, but didn't play 11 on 11, right? No, yeah, he just did individual uh, and some seven on seven, but no team drills. So that was his first day back from the hamstring. Britton Cubby's still not back from his hamstring. So, um, yeah, but he's fine, if that's what you're asking. He's, yes, he's, the elite wide receiver that is Quez Watkins, as per Quez, uh, will be the Eagles' third wide receiver. Uh, Alameda Zacchaeus will be their fourth. And you think Britton Covey, despite the fact that he still is... Uh, well, I've opened the door a little bit because he can't get healthy. So I'm back to the chip, best ability is availability. But here's the problem. Of those back-end guys, nobody has kicked the door down. No, nobody has earned a spot. So that, that's been one of the, I, I don't even want to call it a disappointment, but typically you have one of these young receivers show up and flash. And, and the guy who did that was Tyree Cleveland, to be honest, but he's, right. he's, he's on um, injured reserve now. So he's out of the equation. Um, Devin Allen's starting to show up a little bit, um, you know, I think he'll be back on the practice squad um, if nobody claims him, but I can't give him a 53-man roster spot. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people talked about Joseph Nada. I got to tell you, Jody, I haven't seen it at all. I, uh, what I heard at Clemson is what I've seen here. Struggles to get separation. That's why he wasn't drafted. I've seen the exact thing here. Uh, I could see him being on the practice squad. You know, maybe he can develop into that um, um, Zach Pascal-like player down the road. But they ran a bubble screen yesterday, um, and he got blown up uh, uh, being a blocker uh, in one of the few reps he had. Uh, in fact, that's the only rep I saw him out there. Um so I, I haven't seen anybody of those group. It, it, actually, the most impressed I've been with Johnny King, who got here late, but he got here so late. Um, he's got a lot of size. I could see him sticking around, but only on the practice squad. All right, but if you got these guys on the practice squad, what happens with Greg Ward? You well, talk Greg, about liking a guy. You said earlier in the show about read between the lines with the coaching staff that they just love Derek Barnett for whatever he, he may take stupid penalties. The fan base and Jody McDonald may not like him a little bit, but the coaching staff really likes him. Well, they say the same thing about Greg Ward. No, by the way, the fan base does like Greg Ward because he catches everything you throw at him. He just doesn't have the ability to turn it into any kind of a big play. And his teammates rave about him as a, a veteran guy in that room for the younger wide receivers that the Eagles have, you got to keep Greg Ward on the practice squad. How many, how many wide receivers are going to have on the practice squad? Uh, two or three, three um, out of 16. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a position to keep a lot of bodies because there's a lot of soft tissue injuries. Um, it's always a position that in corner, you're going to see two or three corners as well. Well, that I understand. Um, Cause they got a lot of young guys there that, um, 
uh, just need time to develop. If they keep three corners, that won't surprise me. Three wide receivers would surprise me, John. Yeah, that there's you need a lot of bodies at wide receiver, even the practice, um, because it's like I said, um, you need guys to practice on the scout team to give you looks, and uh, you don't want you don't want your own guys uh, running around uh, and and tweaking a hamstring that way. Uh, so it's always a position you want uh, quite a few bodies at if you if you can do it. So, um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna keep uh, at least two. I would I would lean more towards three uh, at wide receiver on the practice squad, and 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 we'll see. Those guys are all basically haven't. It's kind of pick your flavor at that point. And, you know, Greg Ward, one of the issues is, you know, he could take over for Britton Covey as the punt returner. Um, but he's hurt. You know, he's been out of practice now. So um, that affects him. That affected him last year when he got cut and he got brought back. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it happens. And last year I'm just looking – while I'm talking, I'm just looking up. They ended with uh, Devin Allen – uh, uh, Tyree Cleveland and Greg Ward on the practice squad um, were their three practice squad receivers. So, Go, uh, going into the first week of camp, no, that's how they ended. Oh, end of uh, the season yeah. is after the seventeenth week of camp. Yeah, because right? that's all I have. I, I I can't go back to the initial mm-hmm. fifty-three, but uh, they always keep three and 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 defensive backs as well. Um, a lot of as I said, just because you need bodies to practice. And those are two positions. You always, and, and if you look at training camp rosters, not just the Eagles, all across the league, those are the two most populated positions because of you need bodies to practice at, at, at those two positions. All right. So let me ask you this about the cornerbacks. They've had Bradbury cross training at the uh, uh, slot corner. Which I understand another team's going to throw a specifically big guy at you to try and take advantage of the fact that Devontae Maddox is a little small. And if Maddox comes out of the game, Zach McPherson looked like he was going to be the backup slide cornerback. Oops, he's done for the season. So I follow the line of logic uh, that Sean Design is trying to employ. But if they actually did that, somebody else has got to play outside. No, has they're not. Josh, do that. Has Josh Joe been that good that you just go, all right, well, it won't be a drop-off between Josh Jove and, and uh, Bradbury if we have to move Bradbury inside. Has he been that good? I know he's the number Josh, one backup corner right now, but Josh, has Josh, he been that good to say, all right, well, we're all right if we got Josh Jobe outside all the time? It, it, Josh Jobe has had a really good camp. You know, maybe maybe if you're doing most improved player, he'd be in the conversation for it. But – I, I got a kick out of people. James Bradbury isn't playing slot corner. Period. End of sentence. Uh, he's a second team all pro. If he plays slot corner, uh, Nick Sirianni should march Sean Desai up to his office and fire him on the spot. All right. Well, then let's play this out. Percentage chance, Mr. Quote Zach Ertz all the time, that uh, Avante Maddox plays all 17 games this year. Not great considering his history. That's um, exactly what I'm getting at. So if Avante at some point he's going to miss a game or games, I would say games more likely than just one. 
somebody needs to play slot corner when that happens. Who's it going to be on the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, I think Mario Goodrich is the leader in the clubhouse. He's had a good camp as well. Um, they still have Josiah Scott. Now he's back in the mix, which I know is not going to excite people. Justin Evans played slot corner in New Orleans last year. He's that coverage safety that Andrew was talking about that they're trying to get in the mix at safety. He's sort of like a a poor man, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He can play both. Um, some would say a broke man's, but uh, uh, yeah. So you get my point. They got a lot of bodies before they get to James. James Bradbury is not playing slot corner. I, I don't – look. Sean throws a bunch of, it's like Jalen Carter gets a couple reps outside. He does it. And I looked this up because I wrote about this, Jody. I, I There's this mentality that, and last year we saw it with Hassan Reddick, right? Gannon would get killed for dropping Hassan Reddick in coverage. coverage right? I'm like, what? You always drop people in coverage. You, 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 it's called a curveball. You know, if you want to use the baseball analogy, you don't go out there and throw the same fastball 100% of the time. So I looked up James Bradbury's stats. He's played, I don't know, 280, I forget the number, 280 snaps inside during his NFL career. He's an outside corner, but as Jim Swartz would always say, football by its nature is reactionary. Sometimes the offense forces you to go somewhere and he's getting him a rep because he plays there 35 times a year. Maybe he'll get 35 snaps there a year. He's a second team all pro outside corner who makes over $10 million a year. They're not playing him in the slot. These people are nuts, Jody. All right. Uh, I will, I will not go to you're sounding like, 0.0 chance that it happens. I'm not there. I think they're doing this for a reason, and it it's going to take several things to happen in advance for it to even become a possibility. So the probability is very small, but it's not zero. I'm going to give you one where I think the, uh, the probability is absolute zero. And kudos to all our streamers here on our uh, Birds 365 show. You guys are here every single day. Sometimes your comments are funny. Sometimes your comments are off point. Uh, sometimes your, comment, uh, your comments are ridiculous. But here's where I'll give you a lot of credit. Unlike in other venues, at least the guys here on our stream, Johnny, you weren't here yesterday, didn't go nuts about, ooh, Jonathan Taylor's in town. He's available. Why don't we make a play for Jonathan Taylor? I took two calls I'm on it last night. Uh, yeah, I'm giving credit to our yeah. stream because they didn't jump on that way too obvious, has no chance, zero. Johnny Mac is almost at zero with Bradbury playing uh, in the slot. I will give you absolute zero chance that Jonathan Taylor is traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles aren't going there. Howie Roseman's not going there. They're not going to give up what it's going to take to acquire him, and then they're not going to negotiate a new contract with him, which is the reason why Jonathan Taylor wants to get out of Indianapolis in the first place. Zero percent chance that he becomes a Philadelphia Eagle. And, yes, in other outlets, oh, why can't we get Jonathan Taylor? What do you call it, John? You got a great phrase for that, too. The the superstar must-have or something like that. Anytime a, a, a player's name comes up, that's recognizable. Big that name trap. Stars. Yeah, the big name trap. The big name yeah. trap here. If I, yeah, 
Don't fall into it. It's not happening. He is not coming here. The Salem, New Jersey homeboy is not coming home. He's not going to be a Philadelphia Eagle. And good on you guys that you didn't bring it up here yesterday. That's one that is, for me, absolute zero. That, that one is not yeah. have no chance, no how. Uh, I'm with you there. Um, you know, and as I said, Bradbury might play 30 snaps in the slot, and he's just getting them ready for it. And that I applaud Sean Desai uh, because he does things like that. Sure, why not? And if people want to look at, you know, saying he's going to be better than the Jonathan Gannon, a lot of people want that to happen. There's an example of it. Like he'll he'll give people. You know, you have to do it. Jalen Carter has to take a snap every once in a while outside. He reps it in practice. I didn't see Jonathan do that. Yeah, I didn't see him do it with Bradbury. That's why it became a thing. He's going to have to be in the slot. He's been in the slot 30 times a year uh, during his career. Give him a rep every now and again. Um, I like that. But he's not going to play slot corner. I'm, I'm at zero on both, to be honest. Zero percent. And by not playing slot corner, again, I'm not talking, will he line up there on, on the rare occasion? Yes, of course. I'm saying play a game at slot corner. It's not happening. It's not happening. He's one of the best outside corners in football, and I have too much respect for Sean Desai, who I just met, to think that, that that's insane talk to take one of the best outside corners in football and put him inside because one's more valuable than the other. Right, but how many times is Slay going to play a guy in the slot during the year? Probably about 30, 35 times. You and think he's been in the slot too, but nobody – fact that he, he's given Slay, very, very specific slot uh, reps. Slay, gets, Slay, Slay has done it in the past, so it's not that big of a deal. Uh, people don't make a big deal out of it. Um, and Slay moves around more. Um, um, but no, he's not going to play in the slot. Has he taken reps? Yeah, he's taken reps for years coming out, of, mainly because of what the offense lines up in. Sometimes, like here's a perfect example. The Eagles use a lot of empty sets, Jody. So they will kick the running back outside, whether it's Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, DeAndre Swift, and they'll have Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown inside, technically playing the slot. The Eagles, like A.J. Brown is not a slot receiver, right? But he comes from the slot every once in a while. Not a lot, but he does. Same thing with defenders. True. It's sometimes it's reactionary, and he gets them reps there to get more comfortable. That's all it is. It's only smart. He is John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Mac and Mac. Uh, we are hoping to get uh, Martin Frank connected. I keep seeing him popping up. His uh, Uh-oh, we're having all kinds of Could troubles. be technical difficulties. Don't know. Uh, we already had difficulties with BLG getting sick. He got so nervous being on Bird Street. No, Brandon doesn't give a thing. He's a little under the weather. So uh, we missed out on him in hour number one. We're hoping that Martin Frank join us next here on Birds 365.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, uh, we see a smiling face, but he's not live today. Uh, but that's okay. We, we can uh, certainly work with the fact that our pal Martin Frank is on the phone with us here today. Martin, uh, appreciate your jumping in. Uh, the Eagles did some bad math with John yesterday. So I'm going to ask you if you've done the math, how many days till Patriots Eagles in Fox bar? Um, less than three weeks, right? Two and a half weeks. Right. But yeah. somehow uh, John yeah, asked, uh, were you there yesterday when John yeah, asked the question? Yeah. That you said three and a half off? weeks, right? I said, uh, I think 22 days. Yeah. He's that. off. And yeah. last time I checked, 22 days is more than three weeks away. So come on, Eagles. You can't do the math. How the hell are you going to get to a Super Bowl if you can't figure out on a Tuesday, two-plus weeks from the Sunday when you open up the season, is less than 22? How can we have faith that this team's going back to the Super Bowl, Martin, when I can't yeah, maybe, add subtract? Maybe he's already looking past the Patriots to the Vikings four the days Vikings, after that. Oh, the maybe that there it is. 22 oh, days. Yeah. There well, yeah, because the yeah. whole game falling. Is that the problem? And 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 it, you know, it's interesting. You know, probably the secondary will be more important in that second game than the first game. I talked about. You know, people. Zach Cunningham might put, play 50 snaps in New England, and he might play six against minnesota with the difference of those two teams so uh but i don't think so i just think they're not good at math i think the larger point though martin and what i was trying to make is is shouldn't you be whittling down the safety competition instead of increasing it with all these justin evans uh first team reps so late in camp um 
Yes. I mean, I think you get to that point definitely by next week after cuts are down. I mean, I think by now you should have a pretty good idea who your safeties are and maybe that's Sirianni keeping it tight to the vest, um, you know, competitive advantage and all that stuff. But, you know, eventually beginning what Tuesday after is cut down day. So I would think by what next Wednesday, I mean, you're at that point you're preparing for the season you're everything is geared towards the patriots so um you better by next wednesday's practice know who your starting safeties are going to be um as well as pretty much every other position um so you know maybe you don't want to show that right now while we're still while we're still allowed in there and you know going into that last preseason game but i think it should be pretty obvious by next wednesday all right, so I'm going hypothetical here. Let's say you get a text from, I don't know, Bob Lang, and he says the coach wants to see you, Martin. So you get called into the office, so there's you and Sean Desai and uh, Coach Sirianni, and he says, listen, I'm all ticked off at McMullen. I'd have him in here, but no, screw him. So I need your advice, Martin <laughs> Frank. How should I? How should we deploy our safeties? What would you suggest to the Eagles? I know what Martin's going to suggest. Oh, I'm on the Sidney Brown train. I think he'll be the leader. He's the leader. He's he's to Nico. He's to Sidney Brown what you are to Nicobe Dean, Jody. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a really good analogy. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, I'd go with Sidney Brown and and Reed Blankenship uh, week one. Um, You know, and just see see how. See how it works out. I mean, I, I think Sydney has shown me a lot. I mean, lately, the last week or so, he's been getting, you know, first team reps. I know Justin Evans has been working in there. And I know, obviously, Terrell Edmonds has been working in there. But, um, you know, Sydney, I think, has the most upside of all, all those guys. Is he going to be ready week one? I mean, that's still to be determined. But I think as the season goes along, he's going to get better and better. Um, and I think the second half of the season, you know, those two will be pretty solid together, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, actually, Martin. I think they should go with Sidney Brown week one. And my thought process is, um, you know, get the Jim Swartz coin startup cost out of the way early because that's the weaker part of your schedule. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you're throwing Justin Evans out there because Sidney Brown's not ready, and then all of a sudden, Justin Evans turns into, I don't know, Justin Evans. Um, and, and you want to go to Sidney Brown and say it's week six and Aaron Rodgers uh, is is on the schedule. He's going to take right. advantage of that. So you can afford to make mistakes against New England and Minnesota and Tampa Bay and Washington and probably still win games. Mm-hmm. Or if you get to the Jets or the Chiefs later, the Bills – you know, making a mistake might cost you a game. That's the way I look at it. I'm like, get it over with. He's going to probably have some hiccups, but he'll get better and better the more he plays. Yeah, and I think that's an excellent point, actually. Um, and I also, <laughs> but I also think, like, if you're going with Justin Evans, um, I mean, what does that say about how you feel about the safety position? I mean, Justin Evans and nothing against him or Terrell Edmonds, but these guys, you know, they're, they were available at a pretty low cost for a reason. I mean, you know, if you're counting on that, it's like Anthony Harris, you know, when he started, I mean, it's like, 
all right, well, we got no one else. We got to throw Anthony Harris out there and, you know, take our chances. I mean, if you really believe in Sidney Brown and you drafted him in the third round, you drafted him because you expect him to play and you expect him to be someone on your team for several years. So why not like get all that stuff out of the way early on in the season? And, and the point you made about the schedule is, is a great one. I mean, you know, they have Baker Mayfield, you know, Tampa Bay. I mean, yes, the Bucks have good receivers and stuff like that. But if you have a defensive line as good as the Eagles, you can get to Baker Mayfield and you can yeah. make them throw early. And that will make a safety look better, too. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins could be a pretty big test, you know, with the Vikings. But it's a Thursday night, a short week. So maybe – you know, maybe you're okay. We saw that in. movie. Poor Minnesota had to open up the season here last year. That you exactly. know, the Eagles fans are going to be fired up. They're not going to be able yeah. to handle that environment. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mac Jones doesn't really scare me. Um, so I think they can kind of. I think they can weather the storm early on, and like you said, when they get to like teams like you know Aaron Rodgers and. Josh Allen and all those other guys, um, you know, he'll be six, seven, eight games into his career and he'll have a better grasp on things. Um, I think, I think the, uh, the upside definitely outweighs the other guys and you might as well just do it, you know? All right, Martin, I want to take you back to a conversation we've been having since March when the Eagles lost the Super Bowl, but had two coaching guys, poached off their roster for head coaching positions, one of which you saw yesterday down there with the Colts, uh, with Shane Steichen, the other, of course, Jonathan Gannon out in Arizona. And we talked about the fact that the Eagles have to replace these guys, and it's not easy. And they had the comfort of keeping this staff together till they didn't, and the league came in and said, oh, yeah, we'll give them head coaching jobs. So we know who the two hires were, one elevation, one from outside. I'm asking you about the new defense coordinator, Sean Desai. Mm -hmm. And we all wondered how much different the Eagle defense was going to be. We know it's going to be exactly the same as the new defense coordinator. We also know that the head coach likes his defensive tenants and that we think that that's a reason why Sean Desai got the job because he's a Fangio disciple and that their changes might not be all that different. Linebacker and safety last year, the guys who started to those positions played basically every snap. If they were healthy, they were on the field at safety, at linebacker, no situational substitutions, no rotating guys. The two guys at those two positions stayed on the field all year. Right mm -hmm. now we're, let me do the math, not 22, only 19 days away from the first game of the season. And we don't know who the two starting linebackers are going to be. We don't know who the two safeties are going to be. We're 99% sure on Blankenship and on the Kobe Dean. But the other guy is completely up in the air. Will they decide on one and throw him in there and hope that it's the same as last year? Or are they going to have a rotation at those two positions this season? I think ideally they want to settle on on – starters at each position um and then if it doesn't work then maybe change it up i mean nicobe's not going anywhere he's definitely going to be a starter and obviously reed blankenship is going to be a starter so i think those guys are set and if you know they go with zach cunningham week one as a starting linebacker and he's not getting the job done well then you go with you know maybe like christian ellis or nicholas morrow or 
you know, or even if Ben's Ben Samurin is on the roster, you know, give him a shot. Um, I mean, I think if Zach Cunningham can't do it, then they're in pretty big trouble anyway. But um, I, I think the idea would be to settle on guys and stick with them and, until they can't, you know, and if they can't, then they got to find somebody to put in there. Um, you know, it's the same way at safety. I mean, obviously Blankenship is going to start. And if they go with Sidney Brown, you know, at first, I'd like to think if they go with Sidney Brown, unless he's totally messes up, I mean, I think they're going to live with his mistakes when he makes them, especially early on in the season. So I don't think that's going to change. I think, you know, if Sidney's the starter week one, I think they're sticking with him unless he totally, you know, totally messes up. But I, I don't see that happening. Nothing that I've seen would indicate that would happen. So I think I think they would pretty much stick with uh you know, obviously okay. we're talking about cunning. Yeah, yeah. And, Hoping and that somebody Brown. wins the job. We'll see if that goes. Yeah. Just because there are other positions on the football field where they bounce guys in and out all the time. Defensive line. There is a rotation. I'm just wondering if they'll go rotation at either linebacker safety. You say they hope they don't. All right. Got not. Gotcha. All mm-hmm. right. Snapshot, Martin Frank, Wednesday. I'm looking at my phone. August 23rd. So, Jody, what are we? 18 days away. 18 days it 18, away. Yeah. From Foxborough, who who are you more confident in right now, in Martin Frank's estimation, Reed Blankenship or Nicobe Dean as a starter on this Eagles defense? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I'm going to lean more towards Nicobe Dean. Uh, I just think. You know, he's the one wearing the green dot. He's the one kind of setting the defense and everything. And I think he knows exactly what's going on with the defense. I think he has a better overall grasp of the defense. Not saying that Blankenship doesn't, because obviously he's proven to be in the right spot more often than not. But um, I I have a little bit more confidence in the Kobe Dean. Uh, I just think, you know, watching all last year, learning from – TJ Edwards and Kaiser White. I mean, you know, he's he's a student of the game. He's you know he was like a 4.0 student at Georgia and everything like that. Um, he's a smart guy, and I think he knows the defense, and I think he knows where to be and everything like that. So I I feel a little bit more comfortable with him uh, as opposed to Mike. See, it's funny, and you said earlier, John, the biggest Nickobe Dean fan, Jody McDonough. I'd actually say Blankenship because he yeah. got a chance I'm to team play. Reed, man. I'm team Reed. <laughs> Reed is Reed is rock solid, man. I and it stuns me. I I didn't yeah. see it coming. That it, guy's just good. And yeah. I, I I'm giving you my opinion, not because of Reed Blankenship, not even because of the Eagles coaching staff, because of happenstance. CJGJ got hurt, so he got a chance to play last year. He's yeah. got actual experience. The middle linebacker's got 34 snaps. That's why I would give Blankenship a little bit of a leg up going into the season over Dean. Not that he's better, been better, going to be better. No, he's just more prepared. He's more ready because he's actually got not onto the field. Uh, just because, again, CJGJ got hurt last year. All right, Martin, I got to ask you this. And this could decide the entire Philadelphia Eagles season this year. <laughs> Did John's other employee, Sports Illustrated, screw the Philadelphia Eagles? by putting Jalen Hurts on their cover this week? <laughs> um, I would say, I don't know. I mean, 
Jalen Hurts is, uh, you know, he's Jalen Hurts. Everybody wants him on the cover. And and the guy who wrote the story, Greg Bishop, did a great job. I mean, he did a tremendous job. Yeah. Um, I read but it. He didn't get that information from Jalen. Did you? Were you there when I asked Jalen that question, yeah. Martin? About I was Rath. stunned. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was clear that from that answer that uh, Jalen, uh, Greg got that stuff from Nicole Lynn, not Jalen, because Jalen was stunned <laughs> yeah. that that we knew uh, what went on with his offseason program. Yeah, that was an interesting uh, uh, back and forth because he had no idea. He's like, yeah. I purposefully kept that from you guys, which yeah. I already told on this show a hundred times. Jody right. knows. Oh yeah. I, I, I said he, he was working with, because I found that out from somebody with the Eagles. He was working with uh, Tom house and yeah. Adam. I hate, I don't know how to pronounce his name. They do. Adam, they do. They uh, do. They, All right. Um, so I reported that at the time. So I knew, I didn't know the details that Ted Rath put them together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but he did not want that out there. That was interesting to me. It was very no, but I, I kind of heard I kind of heard that link before too. I mean, I don't think it was totally surprising because I mean, he himself said he went to California yeah. to train and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, who else are you training with in California? Well, there's a lot you of know? guys. Jordan uh, uh, Carson Palmer's. Uh, uh, Jordan Palmer. Jordan Palmer's Washington out Palmer. there. Yeah. Uh, there's another one. There's a lot of there's a lot of quarterback uh, gurus in California, Southern California. Um, but no doubt, yeah, Tom and and Adam are the the, yeah. the most high profile. Those uh, are the guys so, I always think of. Yeah, so it made the most sense. Um, but yeah, he 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 always kept it vague. Is what he did. He said yeah. he admitted he went to Southern California, but he always kept it vague. Um, and it, it sounded like he didn't know Greg reported that because Jalen doesn't read stuff, so he doesn't know. Yeah, and, I'm kind of disappointed because I thought he read all, all of yeah, my stuff. I know, except and Martin Frank's stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting that back and forth. He is so guarded. It's yeah. you know, is that that big of a deal that he's working with Tom? Everybody works with Tom and Adam. Who, who cares? And obviously the results speak for themselves. I mean, yeah. he had a great year last year. And, you know, from what we saw yesterday and pretty much all throughout training camp, I mean, he's looked just as good, if not better. I mean, you know. Yeah, he's had um, a great camp. He's had a great camp. Yeah. And I you know, would he, suggest that the SI jinx has taken a backseat to the Madden jinx. So for those yeah. who are ready to just throw that, how can they do that to us? Th- yeah, no, the Sports Illustrated jinx has, for me, gone by the boards. Uh, but uh, I love the fact that uh, people get nervous about this stuff. All right, Martin Frank with exactly 12 days ago uh, before the 19 days ago before the season starts. What worries you most about the Philadelphia Eagles? They're in good shape. They're the favorites to win the NFC. Better than being the Colts at this stage. That's for damn sure. What does legitimately worry you about this season as we get that much closer to the beginning of it? Um, well, there, actually, there are a couple things, and I don't mean to throw a wet blanket over. Ah, I love oh, wet I'm blankets. I'm asking you to do that. I set <laughs> you up for it, Martin. I live, I live for wet blankets, Martin. Give me a wet blanket. All right. Well, I'll give you a couple. Um, the first thing is injuries. Um, I don't – I mean, they're as talented, if not more so, than they have been in the past, but they're not as deep as they've been in the past. I yeah. mean, if you get an injury to an offensive lineman – for example, 
they're in big trouble. I mean, you look at the guys behind the five stars and the five stars might be the best in the entire NFL. I mean, I don't think there's really much dispute about that, but like, you know, who are your first backups? Uh, let's say Kelsey goes down, you got to move Cam Jurgens over to center. You know, you're, you're putting a rookie Tyler Steen or Jack Driscoll in there. Lane Johnson or Melata go down. Who's the backup tackle. Um, and it's like that at a lot of positions. I mean, as great as Josh Job has looked, I mean, if Slay or Bradbury go down or if they start showing their age, that's a big drop off. Um, you know, Job has very little, if no experience in the NFL. So that's an issue. Um, linebackers always been an issue, even when they're healthy. Um, I still think, you know, it's, it's better than it was, but it's still not great. Um, you know, the defensive line, probably out of any position can withstand injuries more yeah, they're than, loaded on yeah, the defensive that, line. Yeah, that unit is just loaded. But I mean, know, Martin, I mean, they don't even have – they're not practicing. Hassan's out, obviously, yeah. with the surgery. Right, and it's easy to forget that, just watching Nolan Smith and Josh yeah. Sweat and all those guys. Yeah. And then, you know, I haven't even gotten to the quarterback yet. I mean, we've all seen Marcus Mariota in the two yeah. preseason games. That's not I mean, good. That's not good. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of things that can go wrong, um, especially with with injuries. Um, and that's kind of like the biggest wet blanket. I don't think they have the depth that they had last year when guys went down or even, you know, 2017. I mean, they lost a ton of guys and, you know, won the Super Bowl and everything. I think, I think it's a lot. You know, and for obvious reasons, I mean, you know, you you have so many so many limitations with the salary cap. You have to pay certain guys. Uh, including the quarterback and stuff, and you just can't add high-priced guys, um, you know, to fill in your depth. You have to take some chances with young players, unproven players, you know, veterans on low-cost deals who are on low-cost deals for a reason, you know. So um, that's the biggest right there is is injuries to certain spots, everything. I, I don't know if they can withstand that. But, yeah, that's my biggest worry. All right. I like a good wet blanket. So I'm going to throw one back at you, wet blanket. I'm not nearly as excited about this running back situation as most people seem to be. Hmm. Um, I, I, you know, to me, and when everybody's talking about the fight yesterday, I, what's always interesting, you know, Kenny Gainwell's involved, you know, getting bullied by Zaire Franklin. But I say, look who's always the name on the field and high leverage. It's always Kenny Gainwell, always Kenny Gainwell. But from this perspective, Martin, the Eagles are so situationally driven. They don't practice much normal sort of NFL. You know, you get the kickoff at the 25 and you go to the drive. So being in those high leverage situation doesn't necessarily equate to being the guy who's going to run it the most. Is that where Rashad Penny fits? Can you get a feel for what the heck they're doing at the running back position? Because uh, it's not as bad as safety opposite Reed Blankenship, which right. I don't know what they're doing. But running back, there's a lot of uncertainty. And I don't like uncertainty on August 23rd if I'm a football team. Yeah, um, I think it's probably going to be that way at running back. Um, I think 
whoever gets the bulk of the carries, I'm really talking about three guys because, you know, whether the fourth guy is Trey Sermon or Boston Scott, I don't think they're going to be a big part of this rotation. But it's basically, you know, Penny, Swift, and and Gainwell. And I think a lot of it's just going to be matchup driven. I think a lot of it's going to be who has the hot hand. And, you know, I just think running back is a different position for the Eagles because, you know, that's the only position like Nick Sirianni Sirianni came out and said, okay, these two are going to play in the first preseason game. These two are going to play in the second preseason game. Um, You know, I think he's just. Or Rashad Penny had to play in both. Yeah. I think Rashad's going to get the night off tomorrow, to be honest with you. So I think he's, he's okay in that, but I think it's just one of those like week by week, it's going to change. I mean, last year, the last couple of years, we knew it was going to be Miles Sanders. And, you know, if it worked great, if not, he just throw the ball to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and all that. But um, I think this year it's just going to be more of a field type of situation, um, depending on who the opponent is, depending on who has the hot hand. And it could be one week, it could be a DeAndre Swift week. And then the next week, it could be Rashad Penny. And maybe Kenny Gainwell fits in there somewhere, too. Um, it's just going to be all up in the air and it'll probably go go week to week. That's kind of how I see it. Do we have faith that the new offensive coordinator who's never done it before, he's been in the league for a while, he's an offense coordinator in Cleveland. Do we have faith that he's the guy to make just the right call with just the right back for just the right matchup in the games early in the season? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, he's got the endorsement of the quarterback, which – counts for a lot um and they do have a pretty good passing attack so i think in in a lot of those cases uh it you know i'm not saying the running back is irrelevant but i'm saying it's not one of the top priorities um especially when you have hurts himself who can take off and run and and will and makes you know and that makes the other guys even better so um, I think uh, Brian Johnson has a pretty good feel about it's all it's all around Jalen Hurts' strengths. So Brian Johnson's going to design a game plan based on that. And if it means that Jalen Hurts has to run the ball more than he will, if it means he does, you know, the, the zone read and the read option and he's handing off or he's throwing quick slants. I mean, that's all going to be geared toward Jalen Hurts more so than who the running back is. Uh, at M Frank NFL, make sure you follow uh, Martin Frank on X or, or X. Twitter if you prefer. DelawareOnline.com. You can read him there. Does a tremendous job covering this team. It seems like the only time we talk about Jalen Hurts, Martin, is uh, when he's got a new uh, endorsement deal, whether it's Jordan, whether it's Hulu uh, now. Oh, or he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated, or he's shutting down questions uh, at press conferences. Nobody talks about the football part of it because he's just been good uh, yeah. pretty much throughout camp. It's pretty amazing, the trajectory of this player, um, to the point where I think other people say, well, Jalen Hurts did it. Why can't Justin Fields? You saw a lot of that. Why right. can't Justin Fields do it? This is not normal. How, how it's pretty amazing. We're taking him for granted now, isn't it? Like we're not worried at all about Jalen hurts. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Cause a year ago at this time, 
nobody knew for sure that he would be this good. I mean, yes, we all knew he was going to be the starting quarterback and probably deserved to be. But, you know, I think I remember like in 2021, he completed maybe 61% of his passes and everyone's like, all right, well, if he can do better than that, like maybe get to 63 or 64, that would be great. And he completed 66.5% of his passes and he ran for 740 yards and he was the runner up, you know, for the Super Bowl. And he probably would have had well over 4,000 yards, but you know, the Eagles had such big leads in so many games that they, um, you know, they just kind of handed the ball off in the second half. And plus he missed the two games with the injury. So, yeah, I mean, it's been pretty meteoric. Um, And yeah, like I saw, wasn't there some kind of, rating where justin fields was considered to be the best tonight uh no nah, right? i think james jones went on espn and said he was going to be better or something than yeah Schoener, which mean, is you know that was ridiculous uh, jody brings up disrespect a lot during what i call disrespect season uh yeah that to me was the most disrespectful <laughs> thing that might have been the you know patrick mahomes is the best quarterback i think but jalen was number two last year i think that's barry was runner up in mvp and you know justin fields is a young quarterback who's struggling mightily but can run the football well yeah um throwing it we got why why did you have to go there and disrespect justin fields because he's not on a challenge versus level he struck he was he's not he's not nearly as good a passer i'm not comparing him to jalen hurts i'm comparing him to the rest of the world justin fields is struggling mightily you don't think he's going to be a good quarterback this year he was he's not gonna be jalen hurts you're right james jones what the hell is he talking about but well i'm talking about james disrespect of jalen hurts why wouldn't you turn around and disrespect justin Fields and say struggling mightily because he was the 35th graded passer by Pro Football Focus. There's 32 starters. He was 35th. <laughs> he's, he's struggling mightily as a passer in this league. Now, part of that is he's on a crappy team, a crappy yeah. organization with a crappy supporting cast. Well, we'll but find none out of that this has year. changed. We'll find out this year they added DJ Moore. Yeah, they got a, so. a little bit better. So they got, I mean, I but guess they still have a bad offensive line. They yep. still don't have a, uh, 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 you know, they don't have Jonathan. They should maybe consider getting Jonathan Taylor to help their young quarterback. Um, he's still not enough has changed. He's still got a defensive head coach. He doesn't have a good ecosystem for that development. Um, like Anthony Richardson has with Shane Steichen. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and the, the five things that you just rattled off. None of them had anything to do with Justin Fields. It was everything around him. So then why would you say Justin Fields is struggling mighty? The Chicago Bears are struggling mightily. Okay, that I could buy. I don't know that Justin Fields is struggling mightily. Yeah, I I also think like a lot of teams now are trying to draft the next Jalen Hurts. And, you know, I mean, the rep for Hurts coming out of college was – great runner dynamic runner but might not be the best passer and he became obviously a good passer so they're like okay well we could take an anthony richardson who might have completed 53 percent of his passes at florida and turn him into a good passer but in the meantime wow he can really run the ball and and he's going to be dangerous and i think they you know teams look at justin fields the same way like yeah he might not be the most accurate passer but we can make him into an accurate passer like the eagles did with hurts and i think that's kind of what you're 
you're seeing with a lot of these guys coming out of college right now is, you know, they're all trying to kind of be like Jalen Hurts. And it's a question of whether, I mean, I'm not saying that you can definitely make a guy into Jalen Hurts, but, you know, I think that also shows just how good Jalen Hurts has become um, as far as passing the ball and, and a dual threat, or as Jalen likes to call himself a triple threat. Um, those other guys feel, Fields and Richardson are still kind of works in progress, obviously. And, you know, I think it's going to be pretty ugly for the Colts, actually, to be honest with you, because there's not much there either. I mean, Shane's got his work cut out for him. And, you know, this is a big year for Justin Fields. He's got a better receiver to work with now. And the Bears kind of added pieces here and there and stuff. And if he can't make the big stuff. I, 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 I have tremendous respect for Shane as a play caller and, um, and as as an offense, like I think Anthony's in a better situation, situation matters in the NFL and uh, with quarterbacks, especially, I always go back to 99 and Donovan McNabb. Like if Andy Reid gets Tim Couch or Achilles Smith or and somebody else from that draft, and and Donovan McNabb has to go to their crappy situations, you might have a whole different thought process on those quarterbacks. Situation matters, and Jody's mm-hmm. right. That's why I add the context. Justin Fields is in a bad situation, so that contributes to him struggling mightily. But he struggled mm-hmm. mightily as a passer. He's thirty fifth in the league as a passer in a 32 team league. That ain't good. No, but I think it needs he, to be better. I think he Obviously. will be that improved this year because they have upgraded the pieces around him. But I just think he's going to take a natural progression. It, they just, did Jalen Hurts jump the, num- the number two quarterback in the league purely because they got AJ Brown. Did he take for uh, Hurts from what? 16, 17, 18, 19, if we're being optimistic as to where he finished after his uh, first year as a starter. And go to number two, it wasn't just AJ. That was massive improvement by Ertz. I think Fields is capable of doing that this year. Not to number two, but making a major move on his own just because the experience is going to make him a better quarterback. I I'm a Fields fan, and I think you will see that this year. Martin, we kept you a long time. Thank you much for jumping in today. You know, we're going to talk to you during the season all the time. Be careful with McMullen spilling coffee. Now you got to sit next to him every week. It's just going to get that much dicier for you on a week-in, week-out basis. It happened, it happened once. Uh, You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be oh, fine. forever. He's McMullen. I'm going to put up a little shield forever. around my laptop. Yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. All right. Martin, well, thanks, thanks as always. Thanks for having me as always. Thanks, Martin. Man, look- Appreciate it. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Martin Frank here with us on Birds 365. All right, we got to come back, put a bow on the show. Get right back with us.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Appreciate everybody streaming in. If you want to be kind, do the right thing. Hit the like button on the way out the door for your Mac and Mac bros here on uh, Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, I got exit stage left. I got to go drinking. I don't usually say that wrapping up a Birds 365 show. <laughs> early, Jody. It's early. Yeah, it is, but it isn't. Um, I'm taping my partner, Glenn Macnow's show. Uh, the what's brewing oh wow so you are literally oh i am literally going drinking i'm not making this bit up i'm not saying because the show is that bad i gotta turn to the bottle oh no i'm gonna go get paid to get uh, a couple of pops into me so yeah i'm going drinking nice nice um uh, yeah i I don't know if i can do that at this stage of the game i can't i don't want to look it's got to be 1201 for me to have my first no, beer. i'm gonna be I'm drinking one of those before people. noon i can pretty yeah. much guarantee you that and usually i like to keep that as a rule too that before the before noon drinking is a problem um and now day drinking i enjoy immensely somebody I wish I had time to do more day drinking somebody commented that the last time i did the show they liked the fact because they give us little I shot glasses. They're not actually shot glasses, but about that much, three or four ounces yeah, in yeah, it yeah, yeah. to test and taste yeah, and the yeah. like. Uh, and we had a couple people on the show. Most of them just like took a sip. I always drank the whole thing. If you're going to give me four ounces, I'm going to drink all four ounces. Okay. Moment. Oh, my. 
I get those little those little sample things. Yeah, I I'm, an, I, I'm not a big IPA guy though. I, I but uh, you know, I'm sure Glenn's hurt, but not. But I like, I just like regular beer. I'm, I'm going to be drinking a little bit guy. both today. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. in about an hour and change from now. So I got to get the hell out of here. Um, all right, uh, you and me tomorrow, leading into the all important preseason game. <sighs> For the Eagles and the Colts. Yeah, man. We got to get through this one. We got it. We'll get through it together, uh, people. This is going to be torture, uh, this last preseason game. And just in case Nick Sirianni or Bob Lang is uh, watching the shows going forward. Yeah, whittle it down. We'll count down the days to when they're the actual number of days before the Eagles and the Patriots and the season gets underway. All right, Johnny Mac. Good job, brother. I will see you tomorrow. You're in. Uh, I'm in day to day. I think you're more day to day than me with the drinking. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a given. I could pull a BLG and uh, just uh, beg off tomorrow. But uh, at least as of now, scheduled Mac and Mac Birds 365 and two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.